we thank you to everybody who made it out to to Iron Bartender uh, the last three weeks. We raised over eleven thousand dollars for charity, which is absolutely amazing. Eleven six six six. Yeah, eleven six six six. I want to be sure to say hardcore that metal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for those of you who don't know this charity or uh, don't live in the Twin Cities area, please contact these people and start one in your own town. Uh, Project Black and Blue is an emergency slush fund for people in the service industry for uh, emergency health care, mental care, um, car breaks down, your electricity gets turned off. All you have to do is apply for literally a grant. It's not even a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Um, and if, if you're the kind of person like I am who has trouble asking for help, even when the circumstances are dire, uh, you can nominate somebody else too. Right. So it was, it was amazing. Uh, Charles and I were fortunate enough to auction off a guest spot on the show, which will be coming up, uh, later next month. Yes. Um, which will be rad. And we'll be with, uh, Jamie Malone, who is fresh off her, I believe fifth James Beard, uh, semifinalist nod, which is kind of rad. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, uh, it was fun to get you up on stage with me, Charles. That was, yeah. that was awesome. Did you have a good time? Had a great time. Yeah. Iron bartender is always a good time. I encourage people to, to check that out and to nominate their friends if they need help and can ask for it yeah. themselves. It's uh, I, I, I told a story on stage that, um, I went nine and a half years without, uh, health insurance mm-hmm. cause I was a bartender and a DJ and those don't usually come with any kind of insurance. And, uh, I had an ear infection that was so bad. I actually, I lost a percentage of my hearing in an ear. Uh, because I was too proud to ask for help to go to uh, a doctor. So just know that there's no judgment there. Uh, I am one of those people, but it really is wonderful when you can nominate somebody else too. So that was, that was, it was awesome. Um, Jordan, you're in Chicago, correct? Yes. Yes, I am. Awesome. Uh, do you have like an iron bar? Do you, are you familiar with like what an iron bartender thing is? Absolutely not. I am familiar with very little in general about life. Uh, well, as, uh, as, as a, I'm, a, I'm very similar to a fawn. Uh, <laughs> any number of small woodland creatures are probably best descriptors. Of Love yeah. it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So it's a competition that the uh, United States Bar Guilds puts on the Minneapolis chapter here. They put on, and it's basically like a like the cooking show Iron Chef, sure, where sure, you sure. have teams up there, and they have they know all of these things, and they know the featured spirit, and then there's a secret ingredient that they have to make a drink with and they're almost always hideous uh just really disgusting like novelty sodas they did freeze-dried sour candy was one of them and seeing seeing these amazing cocktail minds try and make something like that taste good is hysterical yeah i like that i like that kind of like a degree of difficulty aspect to it like like i i think that's how the olympics should be run right yes like you and I can run a hundred meters. We can't run it as fast as them. But, right? I, but I would. But I want them to have like some serious obstacles. Like there yeah. should be two guys <laughs> with a pane of glass walking by. You know they got to avoid <laughs> yes. it or run straight through it. Like you know that's how it should work. Well, and I'm a huge proponent of your physical challenge that we just need to put <laughs> the the double dare physical challenge needs to be a part of our political system. Needs to be a part of everything. I want to see like you can give a great speech. That's fine. But I want to see if you can pull a flag out of a six foot tall nose filled with booger slime. Yeah. Like that shows me that you really want this job. Oh my God. You know, like you got to find the marble in yeah. the, the kiddie pool full yeah. of oatmeal. I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, in my, uh, I wrote a book, uh, in my book, uh, the president, there, there, there survives a, an assassination attempt. And the, the general gist is via a series of, uh, you know, events, she winds up kicking him in the head and saying something cool at the end of it. Hell yeah. And the, the and the idea behind that is honestly in real life, 
I think that there would be a massive part of the electorate that if Joe Biden like punched somebody and was like, fuck you, would be like, yeah, no, he's my president. That's the day he became president of the United States. <laughs> I have you know, watched. It doesn't matter what you believe. I'm with you. <laughs> I've watched that clip of Buzz Aldrin punching the guy who called oh, him yeah. a coward. I've watched that video so many times because <laughs> seeing an old guy throw a hook is amazing. Yeah, I mean we're we're you know we're better than that. We are all we are capable of like oh let's have a progressive tax plan, but we're also apes yep. at the end of the day. Where you you like to see somebody get punched in the face? That's who should lead us to uh, the new coconuts. 100%, yes, that's how it should go. Well, Is that you, what apes with coconuts? Yes, <laughs> probably. I, I've never seen an ape with a banana, and we seem to say that all the time. So <laughs> that's fair, you know, that's I, fair. I, I don't know. Uh, well, you <laughs> talked about it that you 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 did write a book. Uh, you also have a podcast. Sure. Would you introduce yourself to our listeners around the world? Sure. Uh, my name is Jordan Holtz. Uh, I'm one half of the podcast Knowledge Fight. Uh, my co-host Dan Friesen is the other uh, half, and that amounts to about seventy five percent. Uh, I'm I'm a good one quarter <laughs> of the show. Uh, uh, and so uh, the idea behind it is Dan. Uh, listens to God bless him, uh, Infowars, and Alex Jones, the Alex Jones show uh, on the daily, and then we'll cut clips from the show, analyze that, and then put it in a digestible format where he'll then give it to me, and we'll kind of act as a, you know, Mister Peabody and uh, whatever that fucking kid's name was, <laughs> uh, you know, and he'll he'll kind of like, hey, this is how smart people go, and I'll go, ah! and that'll, that's our show. <laughs> No, that's about it. That's a, I think that explains it. And then, and for some reason, people like say nice things to me. Whatever is, like, ah, Dan did all the work. Shut up. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Like this, it's almost like the the podcast. I was created to be a fan of this show. When I was in college, uh, I literally my favorite thing was to get really high, and I would watch the Seven Hundred Club because I was fascinated at like what that side of Psycho was talking about. And my friends would be like this is not okay. And I'm like, yeah, right. I know, but like, you got to see this. Like you got to see he's blaming Haitians for hurricanes. And like, this is crazy. And then, you know, you accelerate through it because on one hand you can laugh at the vapid stupidity, but it sure. also directly affects the world around us. Right. And, uh, you guys are somewhere in the eight hundreds for episode, right? Uh, I think we're about to hit 900 okay. real quick. Oh, okay. uh, I think I found you guys dumb. in like oh, the, terrible idea. <laughs> the mid 300s. So I've listened to more than half wow. of the canon, which is mortifying. But um, I also, I've watched it happen in, in my own life. Um, we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but um, in a previous iteration of my world, uh, I was a, a music producer and mm. two of the people that I worked very intimately with uh, during the, Trump years into COVID um, went, went basically white nationalist. Um, one of them going so far as to uh, join the Proud Boys and was a part Jesus. of the, the mayhem in DC. And it, it made it, um, for lack of a better term, it made it sink in. Wait, like, January 6th? No, um, the, the previous to that, when they went out there oh. in December, um, okay. Okay. Gotcha. And they gotcha. were burning Black Lives Matter flags and all right, that. Right. 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 Yeah. Sorry. You. Yeah. So you there's, double, there's been more than one which white nationalist DC, thing which might be an issue. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like right around there that I like that I found only your one sh rumble in the jungle. Yes. There's not like thirty around the same time, and uh, like Muhammad Ali was a half yes. part of all of them. You know. <laughs> but it was like it was when I found the show. It was a great way of explaining that. Yes, on one hand. 
it is this like weaponized stupidity and this guy is a buffoon. But then on the other hand, like you guys do a really great job at actually showing the harm that this is doing in the world. Um, and then kind of taking it all the way to, um, to the, the, the Sandy hook stuff, you know, like I, you guys were in the courtroom for, for some of that. Yeah. Am I correct? Like that's we just to go from like, we're analyzing this to actually becoming like sort of expert witnesses on this or, or uh, I guess witnesses probably wouldn't be the right thing, but no, 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 no. Dan was a, uh, Dan was an expert consultant. Well, technically so was I, but that was just so I could hear some cool information before it came out in court Yeah, uh, <laughs> and it would all be legal. Uh, he had to, he had to like night me like, Hey, you're a court help guy. And now I can tell you this cool shit. Uh, uh, <laughs> Cause legally, uh, whatever legal laws are magic. Yeah. Uh, let's yes. just get that out of the way. Um, so, uh, yeah, being in the courtroom was, was incredibly surreal. Uh, you know, Dan being invited to join the case as a consultant, uh, because he's, the repository for all information that can be held, you yeah. know, at, at this point, uh, he's, he's like, a, the crystals in Superman's cave, uh, that kind of, that kind of level of omniscience. <laughs> That's such an awesome reference. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't even know why I can't remember the last time I saw Superman. This nope. is, my brain is just ridiculous. Um, so, so yeah. So when he was invited to be a part of that, it kind of, created a sort of inflection point for us because at the beginning of the show the idea was we were creating some sort of or, or his idea was we were creating this kind of distance and we were going to look at this guy under a under a microscope and and it would be hands off it would be almost purely academic and then i'm there to help make it entertaining Correct. you know there's there's got to be a show aspect of it otherwise it's dan just going Right. This, you know, and that's this is not, depressing. <laughs> right. That's not the best. Yeah, that's not the best, most entertaining format of uh, uh, of a show. Um, How? So, yeah, at that. And so at that point, it truly became like now we are stepping into the yeah. into the arena and we're no longer just a show who's watching something. This is now part of our fight. Yeah, that's um, fucking wild. It, how did, how did, like, how did you guys, how did this start? Like, what was that pitch? I just feel like that had to be like over a bar napkin and a couple beers. Like, I got a wild idea. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's not, it's not wrong. All of our ideas for a long time came over a bar uh, conversation, uh, generally speaking. But um, what happened was uh, realistically, really, uh, about three years before we started doing the show, three or four years uh i was a uh stand up we were both stand-ups at the time and friend of the show a uh, friend of our uh, lives and and uh, uh brother of the heart uh marty DeRosa, kind of hooked us up to do a weekend together at this garbage club in uh in aurora called uh, uh the comedy shrine <laughs> and i say garbage with affection um <laughs> and so like the moment from when I picked him up, like it was literally, I picked him up. He got off the bus uh, after he had almost witnessed a murder, which was a fun Jesus. story. Um, so he'll, he'll tell that better someday. All right. uh, he got off the bus. And we it got sounds fun. Car. It sounds and fun. And it was, it was like immediately the drive there was the show. Wow. Like the two of us have just, <laughs> just clicked. We nice. were just talking and that's just kind of how things have gone. And so that kind of intense connection happened right away. So we didn't talk again for another couple of years because uh, that's just comedy. You know, it's like 
I have, I've immediately made a best friend, but unless we're doing stand-up, uh, I'm not going to go hang out. No. Fuck you, hang Come out. On. Fuck you. I've got a show. i got a show to do, right? Um, so, so then we kind of see each other. We catch up every year or two. Um, and then we're, we're out drinking. Uh, and this was shortly after uh trump's election mm -hmm. this is short right after the the uh uh night of the inauguration i think whenever uh alex jones is on Infowars uh with roger stone and and fucking owen troyer t toasting champagne as they look at people of color crying yeah. you know uh lgbtq plus people crying mm -hmm. because they know what's coming and what did come uh you yeah. know um and so from there Dan was like, I need to do something about this because he had been watching the Trump through through the Infowars coverage, almost kind of morbidly fascinated by it. And, uh, he, you know, it needs to be a show. So he, we were talking one night and I just really wanted to hang out with my best friend more. Um, so he was like, let's do a show. And I said, stop drilling. You've hit oil. Uh, <laughs> and then he said, it's going to be about Alex Jones. And I was like, well, I really, oh, good call. Damn Way it. to go, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now it's been eight years. Yeah. Uh, or seven years or whatever it is. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been a delight. That's every bit of it. Also kind of similar to, to our origin stories. We hadn't really hung out a ton. Mm before this and then uh charles i believe you were drinking and fired off a text and i just said i'm in it was one sentence it was also yeah. and i said i'm in it like, was also yeah. during transportation i was uh, on an airplane to san diego when i had an idea <laughs> yeah. so. oh, i was like i don't know shit. i'm a weirdo and i like to do weird things so let's fucking do it that's why i texted you <laughs> why not weirdo. And now, like, yeah no i mean I'll, it, it, hanging out with your best friend is uh is the best yeah like this is a hang <laughs> and then on top of it like People listen to us hang out, which yeah. is like, I still have a tough time processing that. Like when I catch somebody in the wild that I don't know and they start talking to me about the show, I'm like, well, I, the first instinct I have is to go, why do you listen? But I, sure. I'm so <laughs> thankful that people do. It's awesome. I just have to hear myself all the time and I don't find myself that fascinating, but uh, it's, it's great. And we get to talk to people like you. So it's, it's, it's pretty rad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I generally tend to tell people that I don't listen to our show because I don't like the shouty guy. Uh, <laughs> kind of a piece of shit, honestly. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I, felt, I felt so personally attacked the first time I heard Dan say Mike down to you because I've my entire <laughs> life I've had people oh, just, yeah. shh, you got to be quiet. And I just, I don't have that setting. I'm not, I have, I have no, no chance. <laughs> Didn't bother me. <laughs> Didn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, You don't listen. listen. Yeah. The shouty guy. I mean. No, no, it's just, it's just, you know, I've, I've been, I'm coming from the stage. I've lost plenty of mics and, and I've just overcome that, yeah. you know, like, oh, well, I no longer have electronic power. Guess what? I got it in my guts. Let's I go. got it in my soul. I got, I got the spiritual. Uh, so yeah, you can take my mic away. I feel it in my plums. <laughs> well, uh, should we cheers it up and, and jump into this? Yeah. What All are right. you drinking, Quan? Uh, we are drinking a very beautiful nine-year-aged Knob Creek bourbon. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks to our good friends and sponsors at Beam Suntory for getting us this lovely bottle. Uh, 100 proof, so she hits a little bit, so we, we both have it on cubes. Kind of let it, uh, let it uh, dilute a little bit. But it's all the beautiful brown sugary goodness that bourbons are. And I just, I love this bottle. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Jordan, I do not want to forget, uh, email me your address because I have a present to send you. Sure, will do. Will do. 
I'm right. not going to say it right now. Yeah. No, cheers. Please don't. <laughs> cheers. So, cheers. Cheers, fellas. Oh, zombie dust is so delicious. I love that. I, I, I'm, I got into Three Floyds uh, at the beginning of the pandemic and got two uh, into Three Floyds for a long time. So <laughs> I, worked, um, I worked for a brewery in Minneapolis here called Surly. <clears throat> and one of the oh, or- I know Surly. Yeah. yeah. So one of the original founders of Surly uh, moved and was working with Three Floyds for a while. So I, I actually, did not know that. Yeah. So Todd was helping them out for a few years, and I got into that was around the time that they showed up in Minneapolis. They started selling in Minnesota, and I just got into it through that. And yeah. every single beer I've had from them has just been spectacular. That's just great. Yeah. That's just so good. Yeah. It's nice you when you have expect- a, a spot that you can just trust. Kind of like every brew that comes out is going to be good. Totally. No, and the, that you can go from, like, Gumball Head to a space station or something without mm. feeling, like, without feeling the difference of the wheat to the, like, it's so good. Yep. They're just great at it. They're oh, just great it. at it. Yeah. Well, hell yeah. Classic. Uh, Charles, I think it's you to start, yeah? All right. Charles, I'm going to need more out of you, man. I'm going to have to. Well, we're gonna I, have going to the more The more that you taciturnly and stoically uh, uh, give me eye contact, the harder I'm going to go. Hey, you know, I'm this sorry. Is, I'm this a clown like, professionally. This is like <laughs> pro wrestling psychology. I like to, you know, pace it out and then hit you with some weird shit. Yes. And you're going to be like, what's this guy all about? And then I'm going to scream like a fucking chicken that just got knifed in the thigh. Yeah. You all yeah. know what to expect. It's very true. I like it. See? That, now I do. All I need to do is ask, and you'll give me chicken thigh stabbing shit. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for. Shit. <laughs> we keep coming up with titles we can't use, like Mr. Peabody and the fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you put the wrong inflection on that, that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> and the fucking kid. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Peabody and the fucking kid. All right, Don't let's. Put me in the machine again. <laughs> All right. All right, Mr. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> that dog got real dark. Uh, that's a dryer. It looks like a dryer. <laughs> All right, let's get weird straight away. Okay. Name a weird smell that you like. Name a weird smell that I like. Yeah. Let's see. I suppose I suppose the definition of weird comes into play because you know True. you could always you could always go with the the like physical sensations or the fetishistic sensations mm. of smell where it's like. You know, theoretically, this is not an attractive smell, but, you know, when I got a penis, eh, guess what? This is going great. <laughs> yep. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, depends, on, depends on the timing. Yes. <laughs> That's more of a time-dependent question. I think, I think the weirdest one is that kind of uh, uh, rotten fruit stink. Mm. There's something about the rotten fruit stink that comes from like an old bottle of wine. Yes. Or not old bottle of wine, but the the glass of wine that's been left out mm-hmm. uh overnight, you know, there's something about that lifting that and smelling <laughs> yeah. and going that's wrong and then going Okay. All right. Really good. All, yeah, right. All, right. All right. And then you take a taste and you're like, yeah, you're right. That's bad. Good work. <laughs> it told me. One one thousandth time in a row this is bad. Okay, <laughs> but maybe next time. Nope. I'm gonna sign up and do it again next time too. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Why no on a hamster wheel? Yes. I uh Charles, I I, I I feel weird answering this honestly, but but I'm gonna say it. Um I am a I, I am a very uh, very much a proponent of all things THC. I love weed. I love smoking. I love edibles. I love all that. Now that it's uh, recreational here, I don't have to say allegedly anymore. 
uh, one of my favorite things, I had a really, Jordan, I had a really tough time um, quitting cigarettes years ago. And uh, every time I smoked weed, I wanted a cigarette. And I just chose to stop smoking everything because I didn't want to get back into cigarettes. And so uh, being pretty handy in the kitchen, I started making my own butters and oils and, and tinctures. And I now have a, a pretty solid method and recipe for making a tincture. And you just put an eyedropper worth in a glass of water. You sleep for eight hours beautifully and you drink a glass of water before bed, which is great for you. The side benefit is it makes my farts smell like the dankest weed ever. And I <laughs> That's amazing. straight up enjoy the smell of my own That's farts. That's amazing. I never <laughs> considered that. Oh, you just got the dank stain. I want to sing a whole new world right now. It's, uh, it's, that it's, just blew me away. It's the wildest thing. And I to the point now where um, if I have friends that are having like sleep issues or whatever, I'll give them a little bottle just to see if it works. And if it does, sure. works for them, great. But I, I literally have to tell people, like, just so you know. Mr. Dudley's magic cure <laughs> will give you one night's sleep for one drop. Oh, so, yeah, 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 I got you. To, to the point, <laughs> like, I have to tell people that because if they try and, like, squeak one out and hope it doesn't smell, you're going <laughs> to alert the room that you're a THC sure. proponent. Sure, but sure. The, the, the funniest fact of this was uh, we have a legendary music club here called First Avenue. Uh, uh -huh. where Prince films Purple Rain. Uh, oh, I know. It's oh. my. It, it's the closest thing that I have in my life to church. Yeah. And I was cutting through the crowd, and it's the perfect time to, to whip a fart out if you got to get it out before you stop somewhere. And sure. a guy straight up grabbed my shirt, and he was like, yo, you holding? Because he smelled my fart. Not anymore. And he thought, <laughs> he thought, like minutes. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. You holding? Not anymore. Yeah. A straight <laughs> up stranger least. thought I had dank weed in my pocket because he smelled my fart. And so that confirmed oh, it to man. me. You had dank weed in a pocket. Yeah. And I really did not want to explain to him what that smell was. <laughs> I was like, sorry, man, just finished. <laughs> you had dank weed in nature's pocket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, in my mm. nature's pocket. So, uh, yeah, Charles, what do, you, what do you got on that? It's not just a... Brand of deodorant. Correct. Nature's pocket. Nature's pocket. Uh, yeah. The, there's this, okay, it, it's kind of a crapshoot when you smoke a cigar, what your beard smells like. And I got mm. a lot of beard. I'm a little bit of a beardo. But All right. once in a while, when I smoke a cigar, when I depart from the club or wherever I've been smoking, I realize that my beard smells like roasted eggplant. Really? I don't know, like, I can't identify if it's a Maduro or, like, a specific, you know, a Connecticut or something. I can't tell if it's a specific brand or wrapper or filler or binder. Mm. But once in a while, I get that It's actually smell. Young Thug. Yes. Young <laughs> Thug. That's the, that's the that's the the specific rapper that makes your beard smell like rusted eggplant. Yeah. He's, he's known across the world for his beard scenting techniques. Absolutely. <laughs> just spritzes me like Quam walking through first half. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I had rusted eggplant last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was... <laughs> oh no, that's what we hit the. That's that's what we sprinkle it. Ooh, you got to hit him with the genie sprinkles. You got to hit him with the sprinkles. <laughs> That's you walking through first thing. If I, if I could absolutely, yeah. if I could make that sound happen every time yeah. I farted, I would do it. For sure. So I don't know, I don't know exactly what cigar causes it, but I absolutely love that. Sometimes you get that lingering scent. I always say I don't like the smell of a cigar the next day. That's if I've smoked in my own home and I have the cigar still in the ashtray. You never ever sure. do that because no. smoldering ash smells like shit. Do you flip yeah. your beard up and smell it? I don't have to. I just go like this. Ooh, there you go. It's got tucked up. You do have up. a very Miyazaki level of beard oh, in terms reference. of coverage and and like a impenetrability. 
it has a certain aspect of like I I worry that if I threw something at you, there's no way it would get anywhere near your face. <laughs> yeah, it's a black hole. Yeah, watching uh, watching people ask him to take his mask off when they're checking his ID is my favorite thing ever. Because like yeah. he's like, no, it's yeah, just yeah. a beard, my guy, and they're like, what? That was, a, that, that, that was that famously, oh really? Yeah, that <laughs> famously hilarious. famously happened to me in TSA when I walked up and I handed him the ID, and this is when you know we were all wearing masks, and sure. the guy says to me. I'm going to ask you to take your mask off, but I know you look exactly the same. And I took it off and he goes, yeah, okay. (laughs) Because he saw the idea and then he's like, yep, you look exactly the same. You just have a little nose right there. Legally, I am required to ask this dumb question (laughs) that we all know the answer to. He's like, okay. Fair enough. uh, His beard is is so intense that it literally detracts from my own beard. He will get beard compliments with me standing right there fully bearded for a decade and nothing like I'm literally standing right here. They're like, Oh my God, your beard is amazing. I'm like, I, I can hear you, dude. Like you could just tell me that mine sucks. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, boy, if you're feeling beard insecurity at this age, definitely not just <laughs> wait until you get older. Oh, I'm telling you, it'll start to get patchy. Well, actually th- this is in the middle of the night. Great question. It all happens. We were it's having this discussion before you jumped on where I, uh, you don't have to say specifically how old you are, but like, mm. where do you wh- give me an age range for where you're at? I'm 36. I 36. Okay, so I'm yeah, 44. I'm so 36 to 37. My wife always tells me, and I don't remember. <laughs> I, I I have now hit the. Uh, so last night we, you know, I was talking about we had the Iron Bartender thing, the the fundraiser, and uh, I was running up and down the steps to the stage a whole bunch and whatever, and I am now at the age where my right knee was just swollen. I did not hit it on yeah. anything. I did not slip. I did not fall. I didn't. I don't even remember like stepping weird. It was just, you did something and now you can't move the next day. And I was like, yeah. fuck, I hate this portion of life where things just hurt. And then the doctors go, yeah, we don't fix that. You're just hurt. That's just what and I'll happens. I'll tell you, I was, uh, in, when I was in high school and a little bit of college, I played uh, football and baseball and I was a catcher. So oh. when I was 25, I went to a doctor and they were like, well, your knees are just going to be uh, ghosts. Yeah. Not oh, great, God. You know? yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Mm. I always so, felt. Felt for the catchers, man. That's just uh, I I don't know why. I had a dumb idea. Yeah, a dumb idea. Horrible. <laughs> my I loved it though. My Still goal do. was I I my my trick was I was just bad at sports, so I never like started. So then I I got to dress up and be a part of the team, but then I just stood on the sidelines. I always had the mm. clean uniform. <laughs> what I hear is that he was bad at pretending to shit for three hours. Yes. Mm. Sometimes you just gotta go catcher. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta do it. Sometimes you just must. You just gotta release. Right. And well, first have fucking cheers. <laughs> there I'm, we go. I'm That's glad the smell yep. that we are. Uh, what? Okay. Ooh, huh? <laughs> smells like roasted eggplant and weed. Jordan Naiman overlooked, but common restaurant menu item that deserves more love. I mean, your first, your first instinct is to say edamame. Mm. You know, like, like everybody loves a good dumpling. Yep. Everybody loves a good egg roll. Uh, but the edamame, the fundament of the appetizer game, just essentially salt and slight bits of texture. It's almost <laughs> a lie. It's a pretend food. Yep. It's like it's like the 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 aerated seltzer of foods. You know, it's like a whiff of flavor. Correct. Uh, and that's what you're there for. It's also like it's an activity that like keeps you busy. Sure. You know, sure, like half absolutely. the time I just like doing it so I have something to do. Like ah, while you're yeah, sitting there, well, what? Because that 
what's that woman who's never going to sleep with me? Yes, I do have several beans in my mouth. Interesting. I'll go with I'll go with Edouard. I like that's that. My, that's my answer. I I dig it. Yeah, I I feel like uh, I'm I'm the opposite end of the spectrum, and I feel like the Midwest in the U.S. has a very specific love of fried cheese that does not translate everywhere else mm. and you can find mozzarella sticks at a lot of places but a good cheese curd is a thing of beauty and i don't understand why the rest of the world has not gotten into this i have a a, a surrogate little sister who lives in la and when she lands she texts me and the first thing that we have to do is go find cheese curds because she literally can't get them anywhere and yeah. I, I don't, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's fucking weird, but it's not like they're hoarding it. Like they brag about it constantly on everything. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you real quick. Uh -oh. This is some white people shit. This is some white right? people shit. This is some white people shit <laughs> to the max. Yep. All right. Cheese curds are the whitest of white people shit. Uh, so that's, that's one reason you can't get them outside of where the white people are from. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but like as somebody who's been to a lot of barbecues with African-American friends of mine and, uh, two cousins, uh, literally there's a lot of like fried, awesome things that I sure. feel like, like no if, if I'm eating fried chicken and macaroni and cheese, which is a heavenly combo and one of my favorite things on earth. You can fry mac and cheese too. Right? You can fry mac and cheese. I feel like the curds got to sneak in there. I just, I wish we could get it more the places. I, I would In America is too far gone. Yes. <laughs> the discourse is too yes. far gone. If you're, hey, you can fry mac and cheese. Hey, how far away from you can fry mac and cheese is you can hang Mike Pence. Yes. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Jordan, can we fry individual edamames? Like batter and fry them? <laughs> Absolutely, you know we can. Has anybody has anybody thought of that? Someone's done it. Someone's I'm done. I'm here to try. I'll tell you Just that. Yeah, the whole pods. Yeah, yeah. What? Where's the, where's the like Iowa State Fair yeah. fried edamame? Fried beans. edamame beans. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of like a toothpick with like three or four of them on there. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Ooh, eleven dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly, eleven dollars. <laughs> how can how can I take this relatively healthy food and make it awful for me? Boy, do I have an idea for you. Welcome Gorgeous. to America. Absolutely. Or shove like one it. edamame in every cheese curd to make it. A little healthy. There you go. A little, a little greenage in there. I'm here for that. Nice little, nice little surprise. Yeah, one wow. edamame for every Midwest that sounds, that yes. sounds like a charity drive. <laughs> yeah. For every, for every cheese curd we sell, yes. we will give one edamame. A chicken a in every side. pot and an edamame bean in every curd. Let's make it happen. Let's go. It's the new I deal. Like it. That's fucking rock. <laughs> All right, so we got we have edamame and cheese curds. I'm sure. going to do an arguably whiter answer than that. I'm not even white. <laughs> the Caesar salad, baby, like a good Caesar salad <laughs> is super underrated. I love a great Caesar. That is fair. The anchovy and the dressing. Yeah. And it doesn't get enough respect <laughs> at the steakhouse. Underrated color. Beige. Yes. Underrated. Whoa, you're Always making fun there. of Obama's suit? Never <laughs> in the way. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. You know, people don't, people don't say enough nice things about Matchbox 20, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite bread, white. White. Tell you that right now. It is underrated. All these people Yo want that seven work. grain. 
<laughs> Everyone's like, eat seven grain. Oh, fuck you. I want some Wonder yep. Bread. Yeah, yep. I don't need no, no, I don't want that. I don't want that noise. <laughs> All right, so explain to me Explain to me your dream Caesar salad. You got the anchovies on there. Are we doing chopped egg? Yeah, honestly, that's a, that's my next question. The same thing. is that I, I genuinely don't know what a Caesar salad is. I think it's just what any restaurant goes is like, ah, this is but a salad. I want that old-ass wooden bowl that looks like it probably has some diseases in it. You know, it's like sure, you never you're washed here, your family. it. When you're here, your family. Yeah. When you're here, you're here, by the way. <laughs> Uh, and they, yeah, they make the dressing with the the actual anchovy, which is fucking dope. Tastes really great. Really, lots mm-hmm. of fresh shaved parm, fresh cracked mm-hmm. black pepper, ice cold. The cold plates. Cold plates. Another nice move at a steakhouse when you get the cold plate. Plus, like, it's nice to have some greens when you're literally just there to eat. Fried sure. things, like fried, fried sure. edamame, sure. cheese sure. curds, steaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, give me a salad too, and I'm mm-hmm. feel I'm gonna feel good about myself until I wake up at 3 a.m. with acid reflux. Sure, are I want to amend we, this question for yeah. you specifically. I'm gonna all amend right. this for you. Let's it go. is it is all well and good to like ask for the platonic ideal of the the menu item that goes, uh, you know, unre- unremarked upon. You know, like mm-hmm. like the Caesar salad obviously goes unremarked upon, but the greatest of Caesar salads, of course, yeah. you would delight it. Right. What is something for you specifically that like? It, you know it's bad. It's not good. Oh, like but if you, I like it. If you order it, it's gonna suck. No, 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 no. You if you oh you something would never that recommend, I like garbage you food that you never like. Rec- you would never recommend anybody. If somebody was like, oh, should I go to this restaurant? You're like, nope. This is my garbage food that I eat because it tastes good, but also it hurts me on the inside a little bit, and I feel punished. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, there's a lot of ways you go with that. Like tacos in Chicago, where you're more likely sure. to get the awful. Like the taco that's made of all the face meat, or oh, yeah. the taco that's made of like chitlins. Yeah, but that's not terrible. That's really good. I know. I well, hold on. So I'm supposed to say a food that I think sucks. I'm saying other people think it sucks, and I think it's <laughs> I was good. Okay. Say you're you're <laughs> negating the premise already. So I'm so I'm eating something <laughs> that I also man. hate because I'm self hating. Is that what we're talking about? Well, because like my Jordan, my answer would be because I don't have something sure. for that. We we it, here here in Minnesota, we have Taco Bell's that have a specific menu item that they do not offer anywhere else in the country because Minnesotans are so bland and tubby that it's. Literally, chili and cheese melted into a tortilla called a chili cheese burrito, and that absolutely I cannot justify. Every single time I order it, I go, "Why am I doing this? I'm literally eating my own death." But wait, I, so it's a cheese pizza tori- t- tortilla? Kinda. It's huh? literally like tortilla. They have like a, a a chili con carne and then cheddar cheese, and then they steam it and they roll it and they give it to you and. Minnesotans will not let it go, so they they specifically only make them in this state. Right. Now, I will say this. Perhaps they professionally make them there, but that is the food of the poor, my friend. Yes, sir. (laughs) I just think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating that that a a company that is well-known for making hangover and drunk food even they have standards and they're like, we can't sell this anywhere else. We'll let the Minnesotans have their thing. Cause they need to sustain themselves through their, their frigid five month winters. But, uh, such, but boy, we such an interesting question. So is there a meeting where they're like, Hey, listen, this unholy concoction sells nowhere. Yes. We tried it in Maine. Yep. We tried it in Southern California. We tried it in Arizona. Those are the only three places we know. Yep. But we'll right. leave it in Minnesota. Yep. Is that Jeez. like is that how it happened? They or have to send a specific <laughs> like 
pre-made ingredient uh, to the stores here. Like, right, there's, exactly. Yeah. There's some weird old guy like working in like a decrepit factory with just like one swinging light bulb, just right. making the chili con carne. Got to send it to Minnesota. Right. Like that's his only job. He's like the last living scion of the old chili think, cheese burrito glory days. Like, do you think there's like that uh, that like Costco guy, the guy who's like, we're keeping our hot dogs one dollar, <laughs> come hell or high. Do you think there's one guy who's like, listen. Minnesota's my domain. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're like nobody's fucking with the menu. They're like these in cheese Minnesota. <laughs> these cheese curd eating slobs will have January says <laughs> if we take this off the menu. Yes. January says they will revolt. Says. <laughs> they will revolt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I I love the idea that somebody is like John Johnson or you know whatever Nels Nelson is like in charge of Taco Bell Minnesota. Like, we're Johnson. never changing it. Mm-hmm. John That's, Nelson Johnson. <laughs> I want I want to meet Nels Nelson. That one I've not heard before. I'd like to meet a good old Nels. That's that's fun little trivia bit. That's why there's so many Andersons and Nelsons and Johnsons in the Midwest. Because yeah. when you were poor, you didn't have a last name. You were just the son of your father. And the most sure. common names in Norway at the time were Anders for Anderson, uh Nels for Nelson, uh like Ole for Olsen. That's you were just Ole, son of Ole. So sure, you were Ole sure. Olsen. I, my my yeah. gra- my great grandfather when he emigrated here was Carl Carlson. But hard nobody- to believe they didn't invent the internet. <laughs> right. Mm, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So they basically the immigration stopped people from doing that because nobody could find their families because everybody had the same fucking name. Right. Right. So right, right. Yeah. My my great grandfather had to pick the town that he was from, and that's where my last name came from. We're all just That's, named after the little villages that we're from in Scandinavia. I like that. Okay, Jordan, what's like your that. what's your self-hating food? What's my self-hating yeah. food? Oh, um, let's see. I think it is so I I actively despise cheese. Like I don't like cheese. I I I like it what one time so uh I'm not allergic to it. I'm not lactose intolerant. I, I like a good, I like a solid pizza. Sure. You know, that kind of thing. You are intolerant but, of lactose, but just not biologically. Right, right, right. Not biologically, but. but Philosophically. <laughs> sure. But in terms of like texture and all that stuff, mm. I, I often like throw up. Uh, it, it just makes me throw up for some reason. Wow. So I have tried in so many different environments. Uh, and my wife is kind of like, because maybe I'm, because maybe I'm full of shit. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm one of those guys who's like, oh, I don't like it. But if you, if I wasn't paying attention, I would like it. So one okay. night she she grabbed some paneer cheese, right, and she had me cook it, and she told me that it was tofu. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or or at least because I don't know what it, I don't know what shit is, uh, and I just believe I believe sure. her. I put all of my trust in her, regardless of whether or not it sounds true. I'll just go, yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. So she tells me it's not cheese, and I go, oh, it's not cheese. Uh, so then we cook it, I, I make it, and then I take a bite of it and I spit it all up. And she's like, you know, it's cheese, right? And I was like, ha ha, watch <laughs> you. So it'll never happen. Um, That's... And we were, and it's not even the quality of cheese either because we were in Paris. We were literally in Paris fucking France. Uh, and we were out in uh, in the the area where there was there were people it, there was like a bazaar people handing out all kinds of cool stuff and this guy specifically like oh this is French cheese blah 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 French French you know that kind of thing and he gives it to me and because I'm me I don't know why I just 
despite the fact that every time I've eaten a ton of cheese, I've thrown up almost immediately. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm in Paris. So I just threw the whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> and, so, and this is during COVID. So I've got the mask on and I throw the whole thing in my mouth. And then all of a sudden I'm just going <laughs> in front of, in front of the, the fucking Parisian cheesemonger, a man whose ancestors monged yes, cheese. They monged all the cheese. <laughs> you know? That's amazing. I don't like cheese. On they average. get big oh, man too. If you, they, you have to eat cheese. Though. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, after a big meal, they're like, you got to eat cheese for digestion. I'm like, I Ooh. don't know if that's Ooh. factual. Oh, man. We, uh, well, the dumb story. I don't need to tell that one. Uh, all right. Should we, we, we cheers on to. Cheers. There we are. Cheers. Yes. All right. So. Uh, Sorry for coming up with a bad self-hating food. I don't really have any. I love everything I eat. There's no such thing as a bad response to a question you know that has no good answer. Correct. Yeah, we just answered how we want like, to. Like, yeah. what's the good answer? Like, give me a good, give me, like, one where you're like, no, oh, listen, shit, I wish I had that one. Because Taco Bell is fairly, like, a lot of people would be like, I hate myself every time I go through that fucking drive-thru, but then I sure, but enjoy myself for 10 people. minutes. You can't, you can't reward yourself for, for you know, being like, oh, this is what a lot of people would not like. That's why what's I eat that cabeza taco. What's one you'd be like, man, I fucking nailed that answer. What is the question? <laughs> that was Okay, so you, you, were, you apologized. You were like, sorry, I don't have a good food that's garbage kind of thing yeah. yeah and there's no good answer right but if there was for in your head what would be the like oh i, oh, I just nailed that answer like white castles or something it's just not something I white eat, castle you would know? be you nailing that answer. you know what i'm saying well, see, oh yeah there you go oh, yeah because there's like there's something that if i eat it i feel like other people might be like why did you do this to me but i'm right. like but i fucking love it mm. See, there you go. There it is. You nailed it. We That's a it. good answer. We did it. <laughs> Why would you tell me that you didn't have a good answer when you've got a good answer inside your heart? Because Quam got real sad about it, and I wanted to. Make so it feel sad. Better, Just know? a sad boy over here. Yeah. That's all I Fair do. enough. Okay, Quam. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that, um, in addition to just enjoying your podcast, one of the things that I really uh, have kind of like fallen in love with is I think that we have very similar music tastes. Um, mm -hmm. Every time when you guys do the what's your bright spot and you talk about music, I either have just started listening to that album or have been waiting to listen to it. Like when I get home that day, everything from, um, Godspeed, you black emperor to Kendrick Lamar to, um, Oh my God, open Mike Eagles podcast with Questlove. Sure. I've been losing my oh, mind my over that. that um, so fucking great. And so I wanted to ask 2024, is there an album or a concert that you were very excited about it coming? Like, is there an album that's going to drop that you're excited for? Is there a concert that you're super excited about going to? Do you go to concerts? Um, I don't even know. You know, that's that's kind of a an interesting question to me, just because that's not how I engage with uh, the whole releasing oh, structure. Oh, cool. Sure. Like, for me, what I do, I, honestly, I, I mean, if you could... Oh, I sorry, you just broke my heart. I just remembered that my hard drive uh, got shorted out by no. my garbage thing so i had oh god 1.2 terabytes worth of music oh. all gone oh. all gone Brutal. uh uh yeah, yeah 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 so but but the way that i sorry that that Oof. was seriously that's, I, that's that a lot of music yeah. my grandfather i was i was a, uh, i was a dj for 20 <laughs> years that is my ultimate fear and it's happened to me one time and i yeah. still f i feel it very vividly <laughs> it's it's dark 
So so anyways, the way that I do engage with new releases is um I I don't uh engage with uh, the like media at all and I I mean cuz I'm I'm old school yeah. uh uh lime wire. Like I'm old yeah. school stealing music kind of thing. So I'll I'll like go through your demonoids. I'll go through your your pirate bays. And I I literally browse like I'm going through a fucking uh, goodies to oh my god I'm old I think we're dead I think I'm old <laughs> I just music. died right now <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah yeah I think we just I think we all just got killed uh, by age uh, no but it is like I'm browsing through like oh and then I'll take a look and I'll download it and I'll see if it's any good and then I'll continue listening to it um, so like I don't know what's coming Rad. I'm always shocked <laughs> I'm That's, always pleasantly but surprised like, what, a, what a great place to be where where you get to just constantly be surprised in the best way possible because if you're yeah. not waiting for something, you can't be let down. For sure. You just get to be excited when you see it pop up. Oh, no. I mean, the, the, there was, let's see, what is the, just recently, I don't know if it, I don't think it was 2024, but The Streets put out a new album. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what are the, I, I had no idea The Streets was even still alive. Yep. So, you know, you find that or you've got, oh my God, no name, no name Sundial. No name Sundial yep. is like fucking unreal. No name what is else do we got? no name is like the best of of nostalgia hip hop and like groundbreaking hip hop together. Mm. It's so crazy to me. I I love like female hip hop right now is so she's fucking amazing. Genius. Yeah, yeah, she's a genius, absolutely. Mm. But then you've got uh, you've got Open Mike Eagle is just now doing a, a new thing with uh, uh, Kel Chris and and kind of those guys. Yeah. Uh, so so like I'm always I'm always pleasantly surprised but i am noticing that i'm getting old to the point where i am i am like well i've never heard of this and it sounds like the youths like it so i think i'll just not <laughs> download this it's not good it's not good i gotta i gotta stick with the like constant refreshing otherwise you get into the oh music isn't as good as it used 100%. to be bullshit like music is better now than it ever has been yeah by a wide margin yeah. it, it there's something to be said Biologically, there's studies that prove that as we age, we absorb music differently. And that's where that effect comes from, that we're like, ah, oh, the music's not good anymore. And a lot of it is mm -hmm. that, you know, we've already experienced a lot of what we like and we know we like it. And so when we hear derivatives of the things we know we like, we're like, it's not original. Yeah, it's because right. you've been alive for 42 years, dude. I, I absorb music similarly to you now where I'm not abreast on even some of my favorite bands having new releases. The exception for me would be Job for a Cowboys putting a new album out in like three weeks, and that's a really big deal because they haven't put out mm. an album in 10 fucking years. So I'm super geeked about that. And what's funny is Quam, when Quam told me this was a topic, I was like, let me look at releases, and that was kind of funny because I go on lambgoat.com, and it's just metal. I listen yeah. to a lot of shit, but I go on lambgoat, and I was like, I had no idea all these bands are putting shit out in the next month, and they're bands awesome. I love. But usually I find out probably a lot like you do, except, you know, you're picking up viruses on LimeWire. I just go on Spotify and suddenly it's like, here's a bunch of shit you like. And I'm like, oh, God yeah. damn, I had no idea. But I really love that. Just it comes to me. Like music happens to me now instead of me yeah. happening to it. That's, I yeah, think, I... No, no go, go ahead. You. <laughs> you go, Jordan. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I was just... Um, I've never listened to music passively. Like even from... I remember like... The rejection I had, I remember when we were in our high school era around, you know, we're around similar ages where in, you know, within 1990 to 2000, 
Eh, everything between 1992 and 9-11, I'm going to call the exact same experience. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let's just do that. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, but that that like TRL kind of whole aspect of of engaging with music, where there was the oh, okay, we've got the pop boy bands thing, and then there was the rock guys who hated that, and then there was the rap guys who the rock guys hated because they're racist. But we don't talk about that, right? And, you know that whole thing. <laughs> Um, I, I, I was never involved in any of that. I only like crate dug, mm. like even from such a young age, I was like, okay, well I listened to this and it, it is that kind of quest love kind of connection. Yep. Of, like I listened to a soul Quarian, mm. and then I had to listen to all oh. of the soul Quarians. And then from there I listened to common and from common, I had to listen to blah, and from that, you know, and then mm. the same thing happens in, in every single direction of my music taste where it's like, sure. oh, okay, well, I like Seeger Rose. Seeger Rose takes me to here. Seeger Rose takes me to there. And then, you know, you get to uh, Godspeed and then you get to all these other places and then that'll turn you back around to like broken social scene yep. and you'll get into Baroque pop and you're like, what the fuck are you people talking about? Is this not ska? And then they go, it's not ska. <laughs> and that's how, that's how music works. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that, that kind of uh, passive acceptance of music is really interesting to me. Because uh, it's never it's never really happened before. Well, and that's that's kind of where where I'm at. Like I like you just said, Charles. Like I happen to music. I have always mm -hmm. been. That was why um, when I read Questlove's first book, it was really why I fell in love with him because he traces each Mo chapter. Right. Yes. Yeah. He traces every chapter is like what he was listening to at that time. Mm, and yeah. growing up as an only child, uh, music with split parents, music was the thing. That was like my hobby. And as I got older, of course, like Napster and LimeWire, it was like I, I could finally quote unquote afford because it was free. I could sure, afford to sure, finally sure, have sure. all of the music. So I had like multiple hard drive computers that were just full of music and I would have to yeah. like plug different hard drives in to listen to different shit. And what I ended up doing was I kind of started finding different critics out there who listened to music the same way that I did. Mm -hmm. And then I started following them. And now sure. when they write that they're really excited about something new coming out, that's usually where I get most of that news from. Mm -hmm. And then right. things like Spotify or MP3VA is another one where they put out like MP3VA is fascinating because they do like music from all around the world. And it's just whatever comes out that day, you can listen to any of it. And I'll just mm. click through and I'll honestly, sometimes it's like, does your band name interest me? Is the name of the that's record something cool? Like sometimes yeah, that's I'm just trying. Yeah. You're I'm just, like, just trying shit. Cause I can't listen to all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. But I, I, because of that, I like to get excited that like something's coming up, like the way that some people get about like holidays. That's how I am about like when bands I know and I love are putting out new music. I'm sure. just like, Oh yeah. man, it's yeah. whatever season. So yeah. I just like, I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. And then concert tickets are kind of like, it's like a more amplified version of that where mm -hmm. I love this music and now I know that I get to go celebrate it. I get to have a, a Christmas or a Thanksgiving yeah. because I get to go hear this band that I adore play songs that I adore and I get to be a part of it. You know, you get to be a part of like a, a anonymous crowd where we're all collectively better than any of us are individually. When sure, we're all cheering yeah. or we're all singing. Like that's my shit. Like I just, yeah. I love that. Similarly, that's something I'm, 
also more spontaneous about Jordan. Are, are you that way? Cause like bands I love and I know when I see them, I'm going to be excited. I buy tickets far ahead of time, but now that middle tier where I'm not sure if I'm going to be excited when the date rolls around, I'm like, yeah, I won't buy it. I'll just wait to see if I'm excited. How, how are you in that range? I think, I think there is like the last concert we went to my wife and I was uh, uh Sylvanesso. Oh, hell yeah. They were now here's the problem. They uh, the 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 bub 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 is literally across the street from us. Like there are we would have to walk less than 5 minutes to get to most of the best shows uh that will come to the Midwest. That is too far. That is so fucking far. <laughs> We're both very old and very tired. And then you have to stay up late. <laughs> oh, you for sure, and you have to stand the whole time. <laughs> no, no. Once we're standing, that's all fine. Got it's it. that if we ever sat down, we're not getting up again. That's fair. That's, no, no, that, no, that's, that's fair. where we stay. I'm with that's you, on that. I'm with you so, on that. So it's like we're standing up, or we live in the venue now. Uh, <laughs> so it's that kind just of just yelling squatters' um, rights, and you're just like I'm yeah. a part of this building now. I I would I would like to I would like to enjoy that experience more. Uh, you know, like early on, we went to my friends and I. We were we were big post rock fans. We went to I saw Mogwai six times. Yeah. Like when you stop and think about seeing Mogwai six times in the United States yeah. of all places, <laughs> you know that's I was going to shows a lot, a lot, a lot. And then I moved into stand up, and I only did you know I hadn't gone to a concert for eight years because there wasn't a slot there you right. know if I, I would go to a concert if they gave me time <laughs> you, can uh, i do like a tight 10 real quick <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and then once once that happened and it's like the the act of going out to a live performance became something where i associate that with work mm -hmm. you know like that's my job i go out and i perform live it's hard then to to be like okay well let's Let's my wife and I go out and and stand and watch the thing that I used to do. Yeah. In a way, you know, and it's obviously, you know, I'm not. And we we still love it. And Sylvanessa was great and all that fun stuff. But uh, but there is there is an element of that for me of like it is hard not to want to find the stage if I'm near a stage. Dude, I, I feel that in my bones uh, again as a DJ for 20 years. I have a really tough time like finding any joy. Like my friends that still go to like Vegas and shit. I'm just sure. like, I, if I'm not getting paid to play it, I don't want to go to a dance club right. because I made my life. I made my living doing that for a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was terrible enough at stand up, and my career was short enough at stand up that it's still really fun for me because I never actually made any decent money at it. So <clears throat> now I just watch, I'm like, Oh, that's why you're better than me. And that's why you're doing this. This is, this is much better. Uh, so that, that never got to me, but, but the, the DJ side of things, like I, even, even if it's like at a theater, if it's a DJ night, I have a really, <clears throat> I have a really hard time like paying money and then wanting to go stand there when like, I know that I could just be up there doing that yeah. and then getting paid instead of having to pay. Well, Jordan, I know yeah. you said that you're that way about like music, like seeing people on stage. Do you watch stand up? Do you go, do you see your friends perform at all? Or do you also um, not really no. get out much for that? No. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, I would, I, I appreciate great stand up, like, uh, if Maria Bamford's around, there are there are people who are not what that you know. 
if you're a transcendent talent, it doesn't matter what you do. You know, like I'm, I'd, I'd watch Usain Bolt run. I'll watch yeah. Maria Bamford do stand up. Transcending whatever it is you're doing is is fascinating. Yeah. When you've when you've lived it for so long, and it is so much like the mechanics are are in the back of my mind. It's just impossible to really enjoy, even for people that I truly, truly love. You know, like I went and saw Dana Gould uh, yeah. not long ago. And I love Dana Gould, and I've I've loved Dana Gould for twenty years. And Dana Gould has been an influence on my standup, you know. And I enjoy watching Dana Gould act. Dana Gould hasn't made me laugh for like five years. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not about whether or not Dana is any better or worse, or his level of talent is greater or lesser, so much as it is like that is not what I do when I watch. Right. I am learning. I'm at I'm at work. Okay, so it's in a similar basket. Like, right. Yeah. Right, you treat right. it, you treat yeah. It I could have just said yeah. it's in a similar basket. Thanks. No. Yeah. I, well. <laughs> so I. I don't go to near. I used to go to so. I used to go to three hundred concerts a year when I was a teenager in my early twenties. I just could not get enough. I could barely fucking hear at the time because I was always pressing yeah. my head up to amps. And then now I'm hyper selective. And we've talked about it where it was almost difficult for me to admit. It was like the first time I admitted on the air that I go to therapy. I was like, guess yeah. what? I don't like concerts that much anymore. <laughs> like saying that on have record. You started, is, have you started wearing earplugs? Oh, it's not even about that. I just, it's not as enjoyable for me as it used to be. Oh no. I mean, I mean I'm asking you, are you, are, have no. you started wearing no. earplugs? You should. It's, it's, you're you're, you you're, prob you're probably right. I feel like I, <laughs> I go so seldomly now that I'm not as concerned about the. Yeah. And also, I'm much further away from the stage these days. Oh no, I'm, totally I'm by the bar with you. I I, <laughs> I remember so many times just being like, "This is how I like to experience the music." Yeah. And yeah. now now I'm like, I I would like to hear 20 years yeah. from now. So right. I guess, earplugs it is i i made the step i own a nice pair of earplugs i'm at mm -hmm. like 50 percent that i bring them with and it's yeah. not okay it's not like a cool thing it's literally i've been in in rooms for so long that any hindrance to it like i love yeah. to find like my perfect spot in yeah. i'm i'm an insane person i also i do want to I, I was going to say this before i do want to give sylvan esso props the last time they were in minneapolis they were playing a really cool theater called the cedar cultural center and mm -hmm. a good friend of ours who was actually the third guest ever on our show owns a bar just down the street from that and uh rather than like hanging out in the green room or whatever sylvan esso just asked the security guards where their favorite bar was and he's like oh it's called palmer's it's just down the street they went That's down awesome. there. So I walk in and like, I'm just going to see my friend and, you know, have a drink or have a beer and a shot and, and bullshit. And I look over and like Sylvan Esso is just sitting at a table. Like they're, they're just hanging out. Yeah. And I turned around and I was like, I, I honestly did not even know they were playing in Minneapolis. And oh, I just yeah. turned around and I was like, see, the music came to you. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was just like, Hey, um, I, I'm, I'm so sorry to bug you. And I'm not, I'm not trying to like make a scene. Can I just buy you guys a round of drinks? Cause your music's fucking great. And they were like, well, no, we should just all have a drink together. And then they got up from the table. We all went to the bar and then they started talking to the bartender. We ended up hanging out long enough that they were almost late going on stage because they were just hanging out at oh, our friends. Before the show. Yeah, before the show. They were just hanging out at our friend's dive bar. I'm like, what? I didn't know that you could do a thing to make me love you more, but holy shit, like that was the raddest experience. And they were just the nicest people. I, I, I love... Like, I think that's one of the things that I've learned about where we are in terms of, like, uh, notoriety. Because we're not in even the slightest bit famous. Um, we are either extremely famous or 
completely unknown. You know, like you either have listened to me for several thousand hours or you're like, why are you fucking yelling? Stop <laughs> talking so loud. It is quiet time, sir. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And I do think that Sylvanesso is kind of in a very similar spot. Of Absolutely. Like, if you know Sylvanesso, then you're going to walk up to them and be like, I can't believe that you know but you have to remember that sylvanesso spends most of their lives with people going like shut the fuck up and stop making noise no one yes. cares about you it is not about you you know and i it's it's something that i love about where we are is like i i've loved meeting people after the show because it is like I've experienced that feeling of being like, oh, this person is a main character in a story. Yeah. This person is the is the person that I'm meeting and they're the one with the name. And then when I'm done meeting them, I'm going to go back to being like farmer number four or whatever. <laughs> it is. And that's just NPC. not the fucking case. You yep. know, it's always great to meet people because they're going to come up to me and there's going to be somebody who's got a fucking 20 year challenge with. Uh, non inaudible autism kind of situations and they're they're wearing headphones and they're able to talk to me just a little bit and just that little bit makes them far more of a main character than i am yeah you know and so that's that's what's so amazing to me is that people kind of have this inverted relationship with those kinds of main character type mm -hmm. folks like sylvanessa you know like they're sitting there going like man It'd be cool to have friends. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, I think that's why I thought it was so charming. Cause they were just like sitting at a four top table. Like nobody mm -hmm. gave a shit, you know, and until like, I was yeah. like, Hey, you guys are super rad. This is our friend's bar. And they like, it was like, they were more thankful to me for that. For, uh, it, was, yeah. it was wild. It was absolutely wild. I also, totally. I do love being an admitted fan of yours. It is hilarious how um, it finally happened to me where somebody caught audio from my car at the wrong time oh yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I just started a new job and uh i'm i'm pretty <laughs> prolific on social media and everybody in my world kind of knows i'm pretty left i'm pretty liberal with sure. everything in my world and uh i was at a gas station so where my office is there's a gas station a half a block away and yeah. I pulled up to get gas and it was when we had that cold snap and it was like negative three and even though you're not supposed to I do sometimes leave my car running while I'm filling up with gas uh, that's crazy but yeah I'll, I'll probably die at some point but it's fine so I get out of my oh, car and I start I start filling gas and I look over and one of my coworkers who I don't know at all is at the pump next to me and he's just staring at me and I realized that it was one of Dan's longer clips with Alex going full anti-trans bullshit, bigoted shit. And he's yep. just staring at me. And I'm like, why is he look? Oh God. Oh God. You can hear the audio from the car. And yeah. I look at, he goes, I, I honestly did not picture you for an Alex Jones guy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I'm like hurriedly while freezing cold, trying to explain right. your podcast to somebody who has never heard of this and doesn't know that it exists. And nope. then I realized how insane that was. And I was like, you know what? I, listen, the thing I'm listening to, they make fun of Alex Jones. They break down how stupid he is. That's all it is. And he's like, oh, all right. Good yeah. enough. Like, I don't yeah. want I don't want to know anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever you're doing that requires you to listen to Alex Jones and his Coke voice going on and on and on, that right. mortifies me. So just go away. I was like, all right, see you later. It, it, it feels like what the most people's response to our show is like when you catch us in the wild is for you to go like, first off, 
were not a threat. <laughs> First super, you are not going to be hurt by this show. <laughs> which is, which, like, it is, it is strange. Like, you, you know, we hear that a lot of people going like, oh, somebody accidentally heard, and then I have to explain. What's... And then it's like, imagine what it's like for me. I have to explain what I do as a job to people who are staunchly against the idea like when we went on the the majority report uh and and i am name dropping because that's yes. what i do now yes I'm that great uh i name drop all the time uh <laughs> and when we get, went on the majority report uh it was like not a fun experience <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like sam cedar was was like oh let's get into it it was him just being like so what do you guys like <laughs> Dude, like a lot you're alive i know you're alive you are right? human but how how do you continue existing by doing the thing you do and it's like this is not a pleasant experience for us i don't know why you think it would be okay right and then he left and then we never spoke again so that's why i like to name drop the majority report because fuck sam cedar and yeah. i love home movies i'm fuck a yes. huge home movies fan and we didn't even talk about lucy daughter of the devil I'm I'm putting this out <laughs> into the universe. I am now feuding with Sam Cedar. I that love is what's that. happening. Yeah. yeah, your show. Breaking yes. news. Here it I'm is. The new, I'm the Breaking new Matt Williams on Club Shay Shay or whatever it is. That's me now. That's a pretty good one, actually. I'm in danger. I agree with you. Also, like, holy shit, it really creeps me out how similar our tastes are. Because, yes, home movies. Yes, Lucy. Uh, and also, I got to give you props. You were the one who told me about Blue Eye Samurai. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Charles, have you watched that yet? Not yet. Holy so fuck, great. is that amazing. I follow one of the animators from that program, too, so I, I really should check it out. I did not know that I needed a Japanese language cover of For Whom the Bell Tolls, but holy oh, fuck, man. did I need yeah, that. You're right. I literally, I was great. by myself on my couch in the basement, wife asleep, going like this, like arms raised in a V. <laughs> And uh, just, oh my God, like it's, it's everything. It's fucking yeah. awesome. So what's your album or concert? Oh uh, yeah. I forgot we asked a question. We did. Uh, <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give him props. I know you've already, I've, I've bothered you so much with this band in the last week. There is, I am a connoisseur of musical comedy and I know that that is a very yeah. tough genre and a lot of people hate it. When you have good music, that's also very funny. I'm here for it because those are my two loves coming together as one. Uh -huh. Okay. The Wolves of Glendale is my new favorite band ever for this week. Uh, yeah. They basically make yacht, like really, really good hollow notes, Dan Fogelberg style yacht rock. And yeah. every song gets weirder and more intense lyrically as it progresses to the point right. where it ends in insanity almost every time. I'm gonna have to give this to Dan. This sounds like it's right up Dan's alley. Dude, it is. There, they. It's three guys. They sing in three part harmony. Pretty much every chorus. They're like it's really beautiful singing. It's the original producer from Tenacious D's first two records. So there's sure, definitely some influences right. there. Yeah, um, yeah. So like the song structure musically is really really good, and then every song is fucking insane. Like yeah. there's a song called the gym that starts with like going to work out at the gym. It's too crowded. Uh, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to McDonald's. By the end of it, he's getting beaten to death by a Mexican cartel. Like that's yeah. that's how insane yeah. things get. 
but yeah. they are they are coming. And so, as we talked about earlier, First Avenue next door to First Avenue, there's a small 150 person capacity theater called the Seventh Street Entry, and they are playing at the entry. Oh, really, the okay. farthest away that you could be from the stage at the entry is 20 feet. Like it's it's the most intimate little right. venue, and that's where they're playing. And that is really? in two weeks, and I am so fucking excited because. It's the sound. I mean, it's the the speakers in that room are set up for a room of a thousand people, and you're yeah. basically in like a nice closet, and yeah, it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. loud. This will be a great earplug show. It's so loud, but it's so perfect because you can actually like literally hear everything. Wait, did you say yeah. the name? I can't recall if you said their name. The Wolves of Glendale. Yes. Okay, you did. Okay. Yep. Uh, their new album came out on Friday. They're they're just incredible. This is brand new. Yeah. If you. Uh, if you if you even like jokingly love Hollow Notes, what kind of what kind of fun are are they like uh, Flight of the Concords Hall yes. and, or Garfunkel and Notes where it's like they might get a show kind of thing and then they'll do the thing. So I it, see it. Or are they, seems like or that. Are they like a band that is a it has fun songs. Well, they, so they they put they have one music video that they put out um, for a song called Olivia, which is about falling in love with a Victorian ghost that haunts your house. And then becoming a couple and trying to explain that to your mother. And uh, the, the production quality in the music video was of a Flight of the Concords level. Yeah. Like it okay. felt like yeah, that. It is. Right, okay. right, right, right. Um, early thousands Michelle Gondry kind of correct. style. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Uh, very much so. Yeah. So I, I hope so. Uh, Jesus this Christ. shit is I'm funny enough. Nerd. Fucking hit me in the face. No, with because I got the reference immediately. And it was like, yes, that's a great way to put it. Somebody hit me with a chair right now. To all of you <laughs> who are in your car right now, nodding along with us, just Damn. know that, hey, you're part of the nerd tribe and we love you. Fucking hell. <laughs> all right. Well, fuck. Let's cheers that up and, uh, and go on to the next right. one. Boom. Cheers, fellas. Uh, Charles, I believe it's you again. All right. Okay, Jordan. I like the like the sad sigh. At the, okay, Jordan. <sighs> Here we go again. I guess. Okay, you reside in Chicago, which is one of my favorite cities on planet Earth. Aren't uh, you? I'm also, actually going to be there this weekend. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't visit in all of uh, 2023, which is pretty rare for me. I usually go at least once a year. I have a lot of friends in the area. Ooh. Love the city. Excited to be there this coming weekend. One of the best. Love so it. what's new in Chicago that I or our fine listeners uh, need to check out that we may have not checked out yet? That is such a good question. Because to me, I think of now, like I like now I'm thinking of my life. That's the question yeah. that you've accidentally answered, <laughs> that you've accidentally asked me, is that my immediate response is to go with like, here are some restaurants. And it's like, oh my God. I'm an old fucking man if I'm like, oh, here's where you can cram shit in your face. You know, like that's that's my this we like is to talk about that here in the style. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we do cram a lot of shit so... in our faces. That is that yeah. is very fair. Oh, man. I mean, the problem the problem there is part of like what I want to talk about with restaurants is I've gone to a couple of restaurants that I don't remember the name of. Yeah. that I cannot afford because I know people who are richer than me. Uh, and they took me out. And it's like it's like a once a year kind of thing where it's like I get to experience, you know, what it's like to have fucking way too much money, right? <laughs> Fuck you, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go and you're like, Jesus Christ, that is why this is good stuff. 
You know, yes. everybody's like, oh, money can't make you happy, but it can buy you this fucking meal. And that goes a long way, man. That goes a long way. Um, but I suppose, I suppose, honestly, honestly, I'm going to throw this out at you. Okay. The, the thing that you should do in Chicago is return to like video game bars and board game bars, oh, yes. and VR bars and Logan all Arcade. Things. Uh, I don't know if Logan Arcade. I don't know if they're open anymore. What? Oh, I know the one on close? the well, one on you... Broadway. The one on Broadway near us has been gone for a long time. But that guy also committed sex crimes. You. So that'll happen. Ugh. Um. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah. There's there's so many cool places that are like, uh, uh designed around everybody just needs an activity. Logan Arcade <laughs> is still open, by the way. Nice. Yeah. 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 I know. Okay. Uh, I haven't lived in. I lived in that about ten years ago. Wait, yeah. that wasn't like a sex crimes thing at Logan Arcade, was it? No, 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 no. Okay. It was a different, different <laughs> sex crimes. Okay. Although you know, these days you never know you until know. you know. Eesh. You're, you're. But yeah, I would go to. I would go. I would say that the new, the thing you should check out in Chicago right now is like, uh, game games bars people are it. going so hard post covid on like here's activities just do this and drink and it's great i'm a big video game boy so that's yeah and i i love arcades Perfect. and i haven't been going to them in quite some time partly due to yeah. covid but i had covid three months ago so i think i can go push some buttons and not be too paranoid about where i put my hands just stop licking stuff man well, I didn't say anything about licking. Or start licking stuff that'll protect you. There you go. Hey. You are correct. There's two ways. Yeah. Start, start with a little uh, penicillin lick. Yep. You know, like you got a little <laughs> salt lick for a horse. You get a little fungus. And you All know. right. Okay. Yeah. I can get it. I solve that. problems. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> what great medical advice. <laughs> uh i can I, I this isn't new so i can't tell you like what new so to do i guess another way to look at it is if you've heard of anything you might want to check out that you haven't yet or fucking whatever. no i'm just gonna send you to two of my favorite dive bars on earth so you got rossi's which is downtown which i love i adore that bar uh again go see dennis ask for him he's the best okay and then uh if you end up over in wrigleyville go to roadhouse 66 they have really great smoked rotisserie chicken, and they throw that all over a sort of a Tex-Mex-esque, there you go, uh, menu. Like, you know, like. I've never, I've never been there. Like, not for, not for nothing. Most, most locals avoid Wrigleyville. Uh, totally understandable. You know, <laughs> so, <It's>... <laughs> so there, there's plenty of stuff, especially after the, the Ricketts ruined it. Uh, there's, pl I'm sure there's plenty of stuff where it's like, oh, you go there and there's like a whole thing and then there's a thing and you can take your family and all this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. how they did ruin Chicago yeah. in all other ways. Yes. Yeah. It really, it's in, in those two places. I love both those bars, but it's also because like they're owned by friends of mine. It's just like, I want to cheer for the, the right people. Sure. And, totally. uh, Dennis worked for Goose Island for years as the, the microbiologist for their lab. And when Anheuser-Busch bought him, he got fucked and he walked out. His dad owned Rossi's and his dad had always talked about retiring. Dennis walked in and said, I quit my job. Do you want to you wanna retire? And his dad literally threw him the keys and walked out. And he's That's run it ever awesome. since. I yeah. love that That's for him. That's fucking cool. That's a great story. Already, I'm in. <laughs> right? Like, you're just I'm like, in. fuck, you're awesome. 
And yeah. it's also one of the only like kind of cool bars in that downtown area where it's not a chain. It's not like super expensive. It's just a really fucking kick-ass bar with gas station coolers of craft beer. Yeah. And you just show the bartender what you got and then they yeah. ring it up, you know? Yeah, it's fascinating. The The best everything in Chicago is around downtown. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then Roadhouse 66, uh, actually going back to musical comedy, in the mid-2000s, I don't know if you guys remember a guy named Stephen Lynch who got oh, pretty famous. So Stephen's brother, Drew, who sang on the first album a couple songs with him, uh, when Drew got the royalties for that record, he bought a bar, and that's Roadhouse 66. Was and he the guy who did If I Were Gay? That I want to say that was him. That was Stephen Lynch, and on that record, there's, yeah. a, there's a song called Gary Foster, The Midget Tosser. That's yeah. Drew who sang that song, and the royalties I, from that album bought him Roadhouse 66. It is, it is kind okay. of amazing sometimes <laughs> when you go back and you listen and you're like, why is that in my brain? Yep. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then when people are like, oh, aren't things bad now? I remember in my head, like, people used to just sing that. That was, yeah, loud. that was a song that, that album went gold. Insane. <laughs> like, that's Insane. just wild to think of. When albums There's a music gold, video yeah. for it. Yeah. There's a yes. music video for an incredibly homophobic yep. song. But Drew, I, I I don't know Steven and I can't talk to him at all, but uh, Drew is a fucking awesome guy and a, mm -hmm. like a good friend and just was like, I don't want to have anything to do with like that career arc. He just sure. wanted to be a bar guy in Chicago. And yeah. uh, I love whenever I'm over on that side of town, that's like the one place that I can go where I know that it's actually like owner operated. It's good people. He takes care of everybody. Everybody has had a living wage since before this became a national topic. Like, mm -hmm. I love that, you know, and to see somebody like kind of get a whiff of fame and be like, nah, that ain't for me. I just want to yeah. do this with my homies. Like that's, I don't know. I, like those are my two spots that I always send people. If you don't want to go for some high fluting, amazing shit, like sure. go to a dive bar and hang out and have a delicious cold beer and an over poured shot and cheers to know that you're supporting somebody local. You're not really from Chicago unless you've looked at a bar and then seen that there was an apartment above it and been like, that could be me. Yep. I could just live up there, 100%. run the bar, live up there, run the bar. That's my life. Yep. Simple, direct Chicago. I never leave. Oh, yeah. Chicago. Yep. No, that's a yep. beautiful thing about a city like Chicago is you can experience such a wide range of experiences on just this massive mm -hmm. spectrum. I am the resident fine dino of this program. So for me, I haven't been to Omakase Yume yet, and I'm going on Saturday. I'm really nice. excited. Oh, shit. Yeah. I haven't been there either. Yeah, but I'm, yes, I'm really I know that. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, That's a good call. Derek Reed from Club Caraway and myself are going to be in town for this event, and we're going to go on Saturday night. So super pumped about that. A place I don't have a reservation, and I haven't been able to get one, but I have been in Chicago since it's been open that I would love to check out is Kasama, which I'm sure you've heard of, the Filipino restaurant. Mm. That's have... actually what I was talking about. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I just went there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yep. that's, that's I was awesome. trying not to throw names it's, around too much, but it's yes, hard that's to get exactly into. I went there for the first time a few weeks. Yeah. And, it was, and it was amazing? It's fucking incredible. Hell yeah. Can you still, do yeah, you know yeah. if you can still line up for like brunch? Do you, are you have, do you have any idea? I, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't, 
trust anything I have to say I'll, I'll, <laughs> about look, going outside. I'll anymore. look it up. I'll look it up. But no, <laughs> yeah, that's it's probably hey, that's, that's awesome. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the hook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, if I had a little more foresight, knowing that I was going, I would try and like get ready to hit F five because I'm good at that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got yeah, lucky. Yeah. I got lucky with Omakasa Yume. Someone mm. must have canceled because I found yeah. two spots. So. That's going to be dope. Maybe I can That's get really into cool. Kasama for brunch and pastries if they do still allow people to queue up. But I think those are top two for me Hell yeah. for like nice yeah. places uh, that, yeah. I, that I want to check out. That's rad. I'm jealous. Yeah, Totally. Ugh. Damn it. Oh you guys are going to have so much so fun. Good. Oh, yeah. No, I'm so excited to be back. It's, I don't think I haven't gone for a full calendar year to Chicago. Never mind. I usually go two or three times, sometimes four times a year in God. My whole adult life, so I'm I'm very excited to be back. I'm sure there's gonna be plenty new to see. I will see if there's some new arcades. We're staying in Logan. I always stay in Logan. I have friends who live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Logan's the area, great. And yeah. The thing we're doing um, is downtown, and so we'll have plenty to do when we're like at this like expo. And then when we want to fuck off, we'll go to Logan and then you know go hang out at Longman and Eagle and drink uh, Toki highballs, Jim Beam highballs. Yeah. And, oh and, man, I used to live. I used to live there. Yeah, probably I, about a decade ago, decade and a half ago, and for, it was it was just the best. Like like for all of the things about it that everybody has talked about uh, ad nauseum, going down and sitting in just such a wonderful little patch of grass. I swear, I swear to you, yeah. it does not matter what people tell you about the people around Logan Square, like the the blah 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 blah. blah. Just go sit. Yep. Just go sit in that grass, yeah. and you're going to have a fucking great day. It's such a great spot. Absolutely. Just that little square, that little patch of grass. Mm, I just love it. It's just in, in, in fucking May, that is Chicago to me. Mm-hmm. That is like, oh, yeah. Mm, perfect. It's like a, like the, the lakes in Minneapolis. Like it's just mm-hmm. you just go there and you kind of get recentered and then you can figure everything else out. Oh, we had Northeast Minneapolis where I live has like obviously a much smaller city version of it, but I like that I can get like a patch of grass, right? But I can also yeah. go into a really nice bar or yeah. get some food or see some art or watch a band. And that's a lot of how Logan feels for me when I'm there. Totally. Totally. We used to, uh, in 2003, I opened a bar in downtown Minneapolis and we went to Chicago to kind of like, just check out like what the big city kids are doing, you know, cause sure, Chicago sure, is, sure, sure. it's New York city that's reachable by car kind of for us. So yeah. kind of go good way of putting it. check it out. And we, we met a ton of awesome people and we sort of formed this weird friendship. It was a group of like 10 bartenders from Chicago. And then literally there were 10 of us. We borrowed my friend's band's touring van and drove to Chicago and we set up this thing. It started in 2003 and it went all the way up till 2015 where every oh, six shit. months they would come to Minneapolis and then six months later we would go to Chicago and we just That's went great. back and forth. And it was a great Lugs. reminder of like all the different things that both metropolitan areas were doing, but also how much we had in common. You know, like yeah. there are neighborhoods in Chicago that you could blindfold me and like set me there and I'd be like, oh my God, we're in Northeast, you know? Yeah. And same thing with like, like bringing them to St. Paul. They were like, dude, this feels like a neighborhood in Chicago I haven't been to. And yeah. I loved like the amount of similarities and then like the small little differences. It really like, it reminded me of how much I, I adore going there mm. because it feels like home, but also is something new, you know? Like you go yeah. anywhere else in the country and you're definitely out of the Midwest. That's a place where 
it feels like it could both be home and like a fun, there's crazy a, place to go. enough of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a little yeah. bit of feeling of home. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, fucking cheers. And uh, all right. Cheers. So, cheers. Boop, boop. Uh, we've all spent a lot of time on stage. We've all talked into a lot of microphones. I've wanted to ask this question for three years, and I never had a guess that it was appropriate for it. I feel like you are sure. the perfect person. What is your favorite heckle that you have received or that you've heard? Like, what is one that you that, that you come back to, either for its complete offensiveness or its brilliance right. or right. for whatever reason? Like, I, I, I feel like people may have an expectation of me from the show that like would apply to comedy or my stand-up career, I think. Uh in in it I was I was never, not even a little bit, one of those like shut down, like it, it, oh, comedian defeats heckler. Destroys like, in all caps. Like my my goal was always like comedian comes to like polite uh, understanding with heckler and then everybody moves on and has a great night. <laughs> and then they go get drunk and everybody you know like that was that was all my always my thing. So I've never been interested in like shutting people down. Yeah. And the worst one that I ever did. And I can tell you this like directly. This is the worst one that I ever did. Because it was the one that was filled with the most uh, mean spirit. Uh, is I was doing some benefit show somewhere. Who cares? <laughs> the end. End of that story. Done. Description. Set. Some benefit show fucking somewhere. Who cares? <laughs> and everything's going great. I'm just hosting the show. And about five minutes in. Some dude just decides to challenge me for some reason with just like, hey, <laughs> do an impression. Right? What? <laughs> what, right. A, what a weird, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a benefit show for something somewhere. <laughs> you know, that's the type of stuff that happens. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was like, it took a beat. Uh, I appropriated the amount of time necessary. And then I said, Oh, uh, do an impression, and then we moved on. You know, everybody laughed. They're like, "Oh, he's making fun of the guy." Nailed it. Then, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's figured it out, and everybody moves on. And then, and then it is like it's such a simple like nobody bothered heckling again because they're like, "Why? That was that was fun for everybody." That guy wasn't even mad because he was like, "Oh, I didn't see that coming." I see what you did with okay. that. You turned it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't wow. an offensive thing. That's it was awesome. just that. It was just a quick little judo thing. The best heckle that I ever received was uh, I was very young, very a baby comic, maybe maybe less than two years in, uh, the wrong age for a comic, <laughs> uh, and I I uh, had a big mouth when I was nine, let alone you know a baby comic uh, coming into his powers. Yeah, and I was at this dumb open mic, and this this person went off on me uh for longer than was tolerable <laughs> and and even then even then you know like i was i was fine and then and then it, finally it was like okay well now this can no longer continue and and it was it was such like eight behavior of like this is not for me i don't need this yep. this is for all comedians everywhere <laughs> i have to assert dominance to to like 
make sure you <laughs> yes. everyone here respects the stage in perpetuity like i'm just representing the brand i'm you teaching know, like you a lesson from all of comedy yeah it has nothing to do with me this isn't personal yeah. this isn't personal you just need to be uh set down right so mm -hmm. that happened uh and boy sometimes I'm a little too good at that part. Mm -hmm. So she followed me out to my car after the show. Holy shit. Perfect. <laughs> she followed me out to my car. And uh, as I'm trying to get back into my car, she punches me in the back of the head. What? Uh, what? And I've never, I've, that's honestly, that's the first time I've ever been punched. Uh, and maybe the, the only time, honestly, it did, Considering the amount of shit I talk yeah. about, amazing. Uh, so that happened, and I have no frame of reference for this. And she's five foot two and and uh, probably pregnant, but that's part of why I didn't want to say too many mean things about her. Uh, so, so I'm. It's literally like I get punched in the back of the head. My head hurts. I turn around and I see her, and I go. And then I get into my car, and as I'm about to close the door, she did a little shrug. slams it as hard as she can, and I barely got my leg. Like, she tried to break my ankle yeah. straight oh, up. Were you like, Thank and I you. barely got my leg out of there, <laughs> and then I just drove away. And that is by far the best heckle I've ever That's received. amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punched that by a fire. My, that open mic got shut down after that. <laughs> She felt so bad. She closed your car door for you. That's... Oh my god, that is that's fucking amazing! Holy yeah. shit, that's yeah. wow! All right, I, uh, yeah. I am not a comic, and my stage experience is usually in pretty formal environments, so I don't have any good heckles that I've received myself. I, honestly, I want to use this as an opportunity to spotlight a comic I've been listening to quite a lot recently, who I just discovered like a month ago. Mm. Are you guys familiar with Phil Hanley? Mm. You heard of Phil Hanley? I have Dude, I do not know Phil. His crowd control work is something to behold. He ba he is basically coaxing the audience to heckle him because he is so fleet of foot, and it's really sure. impressive. I, this clip I saw of him today on YouTube was, uh, for some reason, someone in the audience asked him if he uh, is a horoscope person. And he was like, "Oh, what? Wait, wait, what are you? Do? What are we doing now?" And he he responded, "No, I'm 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 not. But thank you for asking." And then they kept speaking, and he was like, "Oh, hey, hang on, you're giving off some real Scorpio energy." Here. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's he's super worth checking out for the, if for nothing else the way that he interacts with the crowd. And I have a feeling that wherever he frequents, that people know that he's willing to interact with the crowd because he is so mm. good at it. Like a like aggressive like heckler crowd work. He's like unheckleable. That's all right. That's fucking and like supernatural. Yeah, I. Oh sure. I mean, you know, uh, we Todd Barry, uh, uh, yeah. you know Gareth. They they've done crowd work tours. Uh, you yeah, know, that's kind of a, yeah. Wow. It's it's both it's both kind of a fun test for a comedian and something that all other comedians will make fun of you for because you can't write jokes. Shit <laughs> right. I can write a bit. Gareth Gareth actually do, just literally if you just want to be a stand up. Maybe write a bit. You know, like yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> Gareth literally just did that here um, at at Acme here in Minneapolis. Yeah. He just did that yeah, like yeah, yeah. like two or three months ago. Really, and. Uh, it was it was amazing because I love when you get to see a comic like he was trying to like question a couple and they were literally like there on a first date. And it was Ugh. like 
everybody was kind of just like fascinated. Like it honestly wasn't even funny. It was just fascinating to hear how dating works in, in the world now. You know, I've, I've been with my wife for 13 years and I was, that was pre apps, pre everything. I was just like fascinated listening to it to the point where he was even like, I don't even know what we're talking about right now. Like, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing about being an MC. Like, I was a house MC at Zany's for, for a long, long time. And part of the Zany's house MC style is literally like, hey, who's got birthdays? Who's got anniversaries? Who's who's flown the furthest to get here? You know, that, that whole, like, facilitate crowd work immediately. And so that turned into something that was like, the only way I can avoid killing myself was to become good at crowd work in a way that I don't have to be like, who's having birthday? You know, like <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. like that was the only way to to survive is so was to become good at crowd work in that kind of fashion. Yeah. And so and it and it is kind of like annoying because I was a failure as an MC and it's like, oh, I'd always dreamt of becoming a headliner and I thought you had to write bits, but the I went the wrong way. I went the wrong way. I went backwards. <laughs> no! <laughs> I screwed it up. That was the problem. I, I also, uh, that was that was where my my timeline topped out at was I was the, the, the host and MC for a few comedy nights and then I did, did some, a uh, bunch of open mics. I did Acme, uh, I did one 20 minute and that was quite possibly the most humbling experience I've ever had because it's tough. Like you can write the greatest bits, but getting that 20 minutes to flow. Right. And then looking out at a packed club that are there to see the headliner and just not having the right rhythm to it. Even if the bits are good, having the rhythm fucked up just it ruins it for the oh for the I've, crowd. I've, I've told people this for for a long time i did stand up for a decade uh straight up probably you know at times more than seven times a week you mm. know like two or three nights two or three times a night yep going up that much i will say that i've written hours upon hours upon hours of material i have written 20 good minutes and i am proud of that yeah i am proud of being able to put 20 Mm. minutes on a stage that i would put up with uh you know like i i will not have any fear opening or following any comic with that 20 minutes okay i am mediocre at best (laughs) (laughs) but that is that is how hard comedy is and how hard stand-up is is that you should be incredibly proud if you have 20 good minutes decade that was you know, it's impossible. I had gotten I had gotten cocky because my first two open mics went really well. And mm. I went to there's a, a bar that unfortunately no longer exists in downtown Minneapolis. And it was one of those awful open mics where it's just comics. Like it's just comics trying to sure. shit out in front of other comics. No one laughs. Everyone judges. Everyone just sits there and stares at each other. My like, life. Yeah, yeah, that was that was it, right? You were lucky in that room at Grumpy's downtown. You were lucky on Wednesday night. If there were five random people that were in there, everyone else is comics. And there was a a local comedian here who unfortunately passed away shortly after the story um, who was on his ascent. And he was fucking lightning, lightning in a bottle. And he was trying to do two sets that night. So he walked in and was like, can I get up and do 15 or 20? And then you can go back to the open micers. And of course they did. Mm. And he, 
I, I'm so mad that he passed before this bit could have been recorded. He did like the ending five minutes of his time is one of the most amazing five minutes of humor I've ever seen. And then he walks off and everybody's losing their mind. All the comics are just cheering him on and they're like, yeah. coming up next, Ben Quam. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, you can't do that to me. So I go up there and I'm looking out at all these comics and I'm trying out five minutes of brand new material. So it's already like hot garbage. Sure. And there's a comedian about halfway back, and Charles, you may know him. Folks in the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area listening, you may know Fancy Ray. Yeah. Fancy Ray is... Uh, local personality. Local personality, does a lot of like uh, like public television Fancy commercials, Ray. local yeah. furniture stores, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, think lots of like bright red and purple suits and like, like ice tea in the... like half past midnight era with like the quaff going back. Uh, okay. So we're dancing around the word pimp. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. There you go. He's a, like, <laughs> like a, a, a really attractive pimp from a black exploitation film gotcha. in, in the late seventies. Uh, and it's up to his moniker. Yes. And his, his sure. whole, his whole bit is just that like, he's the funniest, he's the smartest, he's the most attractive. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. his shtick. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah, killed it he's for like 30 years doing it. Exactly. Yeah. And I am halfway through my my third bit, and I I knew where he was standing, and he has a very unique voice. And I hear him yell, I'm too pretty to watch something this ugly. And I literally quit comedy. I was like, yep, I'm good. (laughs) I fucking finished up that night. I was like, that is a perfect tackle. That is a perfect joke (laughs) that's on brand for you. And there's literally nothing I can say back to that. You did. There's no yeah. open window for me to argue with you. It literally was just that. Like, I'm going. The only laugh I've ever heard this room get was hysterical. And then they call me up on stage after that. So I'm just dealing with a dead room, no matter what. And then I got that, and I was like, "Yep, I am never going to do enough work to actually make this happen. I think we'll just call it a day." And I have not done stand up since. And someday I, wish, I will get I to wish tell there were more like you. I wish there were more like you. I, no, and I mean, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Like, there no, there sure. are so many things of like, and, and probably, actually probably me too. You know, like there are those, so many of those nights where I had that and I walked off and I was like, eh, it wasn't that bad. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll be there tomorrow night. You yeah. know, like that is that is the addiction of uh, stand up. Is like, Oof. boy, I know I know too many people who have gotten that response every night for five <laughs> years, and they'll see you tomorrow night. I I lucked out. Well, honestly, I lucked out that um, that I'm a pretty good writer, and that I had won some awards for some scripts that I had written, and then I just pivoted and I helped my comic friends i just wrote jokes and that was oh my god that's so much less pressure because then if it doesn't go well it's not my joke it's just how he did it you know like (laughs) i'm good with that that's that's perfect i'll i'll hold the microphone (laughs) (laughs) could have been anything (laughs) uh awesome well uh we're coming up on the the last question i am out of whiskey so if you wouldn't mind passing me that bottle what the fuck so here's the thing we both adore chicago and what I get tired of is every time I talk about loving going to Chicago, somebody always has to fucking weigh in on the pizza controversy of like, is New York better? Is fucking Chicago deep dish better? The problem is that Chicago has so many amazing foods. Uh, I feel like it gets lost when we bring in deep dish pizza. So 
I guess what I wanted to ask is living in Chicago, like what is your actual, like this food item is what I think of when I think of like what I love about Chicago. What is your oh, go-to? Okay. I was going to say like, there are most, most, you know, like deep dish pizza exists. So when people who aren't from Chicago come here, we're right. like, ah, this is the thing. You like know? And tavern then we pizza. Back to our, <laughs> then we all go back to our lives whenever no. you're gone. Uh, uh, so, so like, what's the quintessentially Chicago thing? Yeah. Like what's your, like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know why we're having this discussion because this like is a thing you thing you love, right? Like yeah. what's a Chicago food? Cause there's so many foods that were invented in Chicago. What's, Man. what's the thing that you love? Oh God. You want me to, so di- I, you know, yeah. cause, cause the obvious answer is hot dog. Sure. The obvious answer mm-hmm. is the hot dog. What do you want to think about? It? I and got I got some interesting options if you want to like create get the creative juices flowing. I don't, I don't need the creative juices Ooh, flowing. Let's go. I mean the 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 hot dog is perfect. Yeah. Because it's yeah. long. Nobody knows what it is. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. It was probably burnt down at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's next to a bi- a pile of standing water. <laughs> that is a hot dog. It's Chicago. It is what it is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The hot dog is the metaphor for the actual city of Chicago. It is the city of Chicago. There's just no way around it. How do you how do you how do you enjoy your hot dog? Um oh man. Do you go Chicago I'm, dog? Do you go I'm no, 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 no. I hate relish. Mm. Uh, I don't like ketchup. Mm. Uh, I don't like mustard. Wow. I don't like what I like to do is I like to uh I mean it's such a it's such a strange thing. I like to uh, eat a hot dog with an egg roll because, Wait. yeah, you can get you can get a hot dog and egg roll combination. All right, side like side uh, by side. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You got one. You got one egg roll. You got one hot dog, and then on the other side of the uh, the 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 room, you have somebody on the internet who's like, "There's a hot dog, a sandwich," and then you throw <laughs> both of their. Plates. And then you beat them. Yes, one hundred percent. Never speak again. Slam I'm with the door you. on their leg. Yes. I think that's. I think that's how I enjoy food. Is that? Is that not okay? I think it's great. I'm here okay. for it. We should. We should have more. Again, back to the physical challenge aspect of it. We that's should true. have more food fights. Absolutely. Like, give me a banana cream pie in somebody's face, and I absolutely. I, I wish it was more acceptable to just Throw do that. Pie. Throw a pie. Throw a pie. Why wouldn't you? you Even a slice it. of pie. You get to eat the rest. That's how Yeah. Throw a pie. <laughs> you fucking cowards. <laughs> Charles, what's your what's your Chicago food? Uh, the one that came to mind when you mentioned this is a Hibarito. Are you familiar with the Hibarito? I am not. Mm-mm. Okay, so the, the Hibarito is a Puerto Rican creation. Uh, apparently it was created, I think the bar is called, or the restaurant's called Bariquen. But... This guy who originally owned the restaurant, this is in the mid-90s, I believe, saw an article about a sandwich in Puerto Rico in a Puerto Rican newspaper, and he himself is Puerto Rican, that is a sandwich that has uh, plantains, crispy plantains, as the bread. In. And it's it's not like they're everywhere, but Puerto Rican restaurants in Chicago serve this delicious concoction. Actually, I found out today that... uh, bar in minneapolis has it on happy hour um ola arepa oh yeah so there's a restaurant here that makes them now i don't know 
if this is something that can be found broadly. But it's basically like the tostone effect, right? So you fry a green plantain and then you take it out and they smash it basically in like a tortilla smasher yeah. to flatten it All out. Right. And then they throw it I'm back listening. in the fryer. I'm here for this. Yeah. More fried. And then they do like a bisteca for the traditional method and they do American cheese and tomato and a little bit of lettuce and um, like a like a mayo or like an aioli. And then they close it and they put like an olive oil and garlic spread on the top. Chop it in half. Let's take, go. Take a bite. It's really right. fucking delicious. I've never heard of this. Yeah. That's... That's uh, that's an aggressive. That's an act of war that you just put upon my palate. Is it a sandwich? Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's plantain. I gotta go. I gotta go, so. I gotta go find out. That's <laughs> what I gotta do. Yeah. Uh, so the honorable mention I'll say is uh, people don't know that saganaki and you hate cheese, so I wanted to bring it up. But saganaki, <laughs> the flaming cheese, the flaming cheese has the brandy the pour on cheese. it. Yeah. Yell opa. That is a Chicago creation. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's that. definitely true. That's yeah, definitely true. Yeah. Crazy. It's been a while since I've done that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, for obvious reasons. <laughs> oh, for up. Uh, well. <laughs> throw up in your mask. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> my Chicago experience, and I throw this in every time somebody brings up the fucking pizza bullshit. I always throw out like my top 10 favorite food moments in my life. First time that I ever went to Al's Beef. And sure. I got yeah. lectured by an old regular about how to stand, where to put your elbows, what yeah. to do collectively the three humans that I interacted with in order to get my sandwich had maybe close to one set of full teeth and yeah. everything about that experience was perfect. I love welcomed into the ritual. Yes. That's what you, that's what it was. Yes, Not exactly. I was, was, I was being welcomed into the ritual of Al's jumped yeah. into the cult as, as it yeah. was. And it was the first time I'd ever had like an Italian beef dipped. I didn't know that was a thing like getting the sandwich wet mm. that like wow. to me, that was absolutely fucking it. Because I was, like, everyone around me was doing the same thing. Everybody was sloppy and messy, and nobody gave a shit. Nobody was yeah. worried about how they looked. Nobody was filming anything for fucking Instagram. It was just, we were all sharing a moment of disgusting, sloppy eating. And I love thinking about that. Yeah. And that, to me, is, like, that's quintessential Perfect. experience. That's Chicago. Right? Yep. Like, the yep. smell of the restaurant, even from the outside of just the fact that there's always a pan of that beef gravy jus going at all times. Like it seeps into the wallpaper. It seeps into the paint. It seeps into the floor. I'm here for it. Like whatever that salty MSG goodness is, that yeah. murky brown liquid, I'm here for it. Are you going to dunk the whole sandwich in there? Yeah. Is the bread going to completely it. fall apart by the end of it? Absolutely. But there I don't laws. give a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You this know, is you just have to be a part agreements of agreements made with the uh, with the god of uh, of all things <laughs> of yeah. all things. Yeah. Like I basically <laughs> I got it to the point where by the end of the sandwich it's already sort of pre chewed. You're just gonna help it out a little bit more. You just, <laughs> have, to, you just have to finish digesting it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I had a I had a guess as to what your answer was gonna be, and I was gonna say a Maxwell Street Polish. I mean, I'm not mad about that yeah. at all. Because I, I, any, I made a little mental guess. Any tubed meats, I'm, I'm a fan of. Yeah. But when he hit hot dog, I'm like, I could have gone either way on that. Okay. Could've because we do, way. we do fight. <laughs> Charles and I fight. I am, I am a hot dog connoisseur. Any tubed meats? Yes, he is a uh, hot dog skeptic. That's my new show. <laughs> yes. Any tubed meats? I need a casing on redtube.com. Yeah, yeah, he needs the snap of like a good casing. I'm sure. here for whatever. Like yeah. I, all of the above from the worst of the worst to the best of the best. I, I love all of it. Here goes another answer all right. for the prior question. What's that? 
the self-hating food. Oh, yeah. Self-hating. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just give me the tube. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> what animals are in there? We don't know. No. I'm fine with it. My stomach the, can't tell the The more difference. questions you ask, the worse you have a... Have a yeah. Uh. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, thank you for being a part of the show. It's yes. been so rad to get to talk to you. Absolutely. Um, this has been a delight. What's, um, what, tell everybody like where to find your book and then also uh, kind of give everybody like a little heads up about where to find the podcast. Oh, uh, we're real. We're real simple. Uh, you can find the show. Uh, it's a podcast called Knowledge Fight. You can find it uh, wherever you find podcasts. We got a website. It's knowledgefight.com. Uh, my book is called The Quiet Part Loud. It's real simple. It's at thequietpartloud.com. That's uh, very easy. It's all free. Like everything we do is, by the way, yeah, I forgot to say that. Everything we do, we put out free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to donate or join the Patreon or any number of those things, that's fine. But if you never even think about it, everything that we do, you can get. So my book, my the show, the stuff, everything. It's honestly, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things about what you guys do. Uh, Like I'm very happily a paid subscriber, but I think it's rad that you offer everything out to everybody because, you know, like real talk, what you guys are doing is very important and it's easy. Like for me, it's easy to look at somebody like Alex Jones as a, an, an imbecile and a clown but that's almost what's the most dangerous about it mm-hmm. is it allows so many people to just breeze past that. And yeah. when you actually realize like how much of that hatred has been weaponized on our, our fellow Americans looking at, at, at uh, BIPOC folks and LGBTQ and like it really, it metastasizes like cancer and you've helped me see how dangerous that is. And then that just, that just kind of like extrapolates out. Like I, I feel like I'm more intelligent being able to talk about that kind of shit because I listen to the show because Dan does the work and you make it actually like digestible sometimes, you know, like that's, that's a, that's a really important thing because I think that's where, where the, the extreme alt-right is finding the best shadows to hide in are when mainstream folks can just laugh it off and say, Oh, well, there's no way that'll be a thing. And then you watch it actually happen and you watch it start changing in local school boards and you look at like local politics, like that's where things metastasize and actually creates awful, awful situations for a lot of the most vulnerable people, vulnerable people in the country. And I just like, I I just can't thank you enough for, for all of the the work and all of the ridiculous shit you have to listen to in order to get there. (laughs) It's quite a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, that's about as nice as I'll allow anyone to be. All right. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anything else you want to plug anything coming up? Anything crazy? No live shows or anything. What we do. (laughs) <laughs> all right my friend uh charles anything you want to throw out there if you're listening live and you made it to the end it means you're a regular live listener we love our, you our episode next week will be uh released on friday mm-hmm. a little later than normal yeah yes of course we love you go review us or something i don't know <laughs> yeah do whatever uh either case take care of each other be nice to somebody and uh i don't know fucking if you have extra money around if you have more than tens of dollars uh give to a charity that you care about But until then, uh, we love you very much. We'll talk to you later.